Welcome to the Vertical Church Podcast. Now here's Pastor Josh Butcher with today's message. Well, welcome back. I'm excited about uh, getting into our message today. Let me show you uh, this picture. This is William Ayote. Uh, He is a 71-year-old man from Manitoba, Canada. Uh, And one evening, he was watching television in his living room when he heard a scream from his neighbor's house. Uh, William opens up the door, and what he sees is a polar bear attacking Uh, his neighbor, a woman, mauling this woman. And here's what William says after after the whole thing went down. Here's what he said. The bear had the woman by the head and was wagging her around in the air. So I was thinking, I've got to do something. And so William grabs a shovel. He runs up and he hits the bear square in the eyes. Um, Of course, That didn't end the scene. The bear ended up turning on William, but by that point, some other neighbors had come and and, uh, they they scared the bear away. But um, the action action actually uh, wins Ayote a medal of bravery. Uh, This picture is Ryan Hollitz. He's an officer in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And he was working uh, one September day when he and his partner spotted a pregnant woman and her boyfriend preparing to uh, shoot up some kind of intravenous drug. And so Ryan confronts them and he tells them, you know, how the drugs are going to harm the baby. And the woman tells Hollitz how she is homeless and all she really wants is for this child to go to a good family. And so Hollitz offers to adopt the baby and he does. He and his wife adopt this little baby that you see in the picture and they named the child Hope. And what Ryan says after this is that we're just very blessed that we have hope in our lives. One more uh, story, one more picture, this is Robin Emons from Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, she noticed that the nonprofit facility where her brother was, her mentally challenged brother was being uh, served, uh, that they were, he was mainly getting prepackaged uh, canned food uh, for meals because the, the um, facility could not afford fresh fruits and vegetables. So what she does is she adds a few extra rows in her garden and begins delivering the fresh produce to the center. And as she gets further invested, she realizes that the problem extends beyond her her brother's transitional home. That in fact, in low-income neighborhoods all over the country, um, there's a food desert that that they lack. Certain communities lack grocery stores or places to buy fresh produce. So here's what Robin does: she rips up her entire backyard and turns it in to a garden. And eventually, over the next few years, that morphed into a nonprofit that sparked an entire urban farming movement. And in this one, just this Charlotte-based group, eventually Robin was tending nine acres of crops in three different cities. 
we love those stories. I love those stories. Don't they just excite you? Like ordinary people doing something extraordinary. Ordinary people who think, man, maybe I could do something more. Maybe I could do uh, something meaningful. And, and I think like we see that and, and a lot of us will look at a story like that and we wonder like, could that be me? Could that be me? Could, could I, could my life be filled with meaning like that? And what I want to tell you today is, yes, absolutely. That can be you. And what we've been doing is we've been, we've been reading through the book of Acts. We've been preaching through the book of Acts. And we come to Acts chapter 8. And, and this is uh, week 7, I believe, of our Reset series. I don't know how long we're going to go, but we're going to go until the Lord tells us to start doing something else. But um, what's happened here in Acts chapter 8 is the good news has just jumped ethnic division. And it spread out in Samaria through a man named Philip. Now, I know you're, you're wondering, like, well, who is Philip? Because Paul, we know Paul. We're going to get to Paul next week. Uh, Acts chapter 9, right? Like, we know Paul. We know Peter. You know, we, we know John. We know these, these, these names. But Philip, who is Philip? Well, it turns out that Philip is the assistant to the regional manager of bread distribution in the Jerusalem district. <laughs> he's, he's basically Dwight from the office. He's the assistant to the regional manager of bread distribution. But in fact, he never gets the promotion to manager. Because when, when Stephen, when Stephen is, is killed, martyred, um, Philip has to leave. He, he's no longer working for the bread distribution company. He has to go, uh, and, and God uses Philip, the bread truck driver, okay? Like just ordinary guy, regular Joe. God uses him, and God uses him to change a continent, and you're going to see that today. But before we get to how God used Philip, we have to understand Philip's perspective, because if we want to if we want to be used by God to do something amazing, if we want to be ordinary people doing extraordinary things, then we got to understand Philip's perspective. And we, we get that at the beginning of Acts chapter 8. Verse 4, right, there was this uh, massive people launched out from Jerusalem because of persecution, a direct result of the murder of Stephen, uh, because there's all this animosity between Jewish leadership and, and the Christian movement. And basically, how do you stop a people like that? Well, you exterminate them. That's the only choice. And so believers are running for their lives uh, at this moment. And, and when they ran, they did something unexpected. They preached the word wherever they went, which is exactly what got them in trouble in Jerusalem. It's what got Stephen murdered, but they're going to do that everywhere they go. And, and so we got to understand this perspective that Philip and the others like him had. They understood they were, they saw themselves as ambassadors of King Jesus. We got to catch that perspective. They saw themselves as ambassadors of King Jesus. Wherever I go, I exist to represent the king and to announce the coming of the kingdom. 
And in Acts chapter 8, verses 4 through 5, notice, notice these words right here. They, they preached the word. They proclaimed the Messiah. Do you see? Like that's, you got you to gotta catch that. Because, because if they were just, you know, if they were just ordinary citizens of the kingdom, it would make sense for them to hide out, right? It would make sense for them to like, you know, uh, get in a corner and, and, and just hide, you know? But, but they're not ordinary citizens. They are ambassadors of the kingdom. And this identity gives them a confidence, and the confidence brings clarity. See, this identity that, hey, we, wherever we go, we exist to announce the kingdom of God, to declare the message of King Jesus. And this confidence meant that even my pain can be used for his purpose. Even, even persecution can be used for the proclamation of the message. And that confidence brought clarity. So wherever I go, I know why I'm here. I know exactly why. Drop me wherever you want to drop me on planet Earth. I'm going to represent King Jesus and announce the good news of the kingdom of God. And in, in Acts chapter 8, verses 6 and 7, we see that they had incredible success. Philip had tons of success. The message of Jesus sets people free. And that's what happened in Samaria. And, and in fact, right after this, Philip has this really weird moment where he has to face off with a magician like you do, you know, like everybody's had to do that sometime, you know, just face off. It's like a Carmen song or something. Anyway, throwback. It's not throwback Thursday, it's Sunday. Let's keep on going. So we get to the end of chapter eight and we see how God used Philip. So we've got his perspective that, that confidence in his identity gave clarity in activity. So we got to catch that. Confidence in identity gives clarity uh, in activity. You want to know what to do? You got to know who you are. You want to know who you are? You got to know who he is. All right. Confidence in identity gives clarity in activity. So what did Philip do? Three thoughts this morning on how to be used by God. Number one, Philip answered this question. Am I willing to be used by God? This is, this is number one. This is the first thing. If you want to be used by God, you got to answer the question, am I willing to be used by God? You have to answer that. Look at this. Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 27. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out. Now, Gaza, this road, this is a desert. This is the middle of nowhere, okay? Like, there's nothing there. It's like, it's like if God called you and me to that stretch of 64 between Richmond and Williamsburg. Have you ever been driving on that stretch at night trying to find a place to stop? They don't exist. It's the middle of nowhere. And, and that's like where God calls, tells Philip, he just says, hey, get up and go down to the desert, this desert road in Gaza. But don't miss, don't miss verse 27. So he started out. No pushback, no arguing with God. He just, he heard God and he obeyed because he had already settled the question, am I willing to be used by God? Yes, then whatever he tells me to do, 
I'm going to go. See, Philip lived with this sense of readiness to be used. Whatever room I walk into, wherever my feet may take me, whatever road I end up on, I'm ready to be used by God. And if you will answer that question in the affirmative, if you will answer that, you have no idea what God can do through your life. So here's a prayer. Pray this. Is, how, how do you put this into act, action? Pray this prayer. Say, Lord, would you create opportunities for me to talk about you? It's that simple. Lord, would you create opportunities for me to talk about you? That's what happened for Philip. Look at this, verses 27 through 28. And on his way, on that desert road, he, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Kendeke, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot, look at this, reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. So here's Philip. God tells him, hey, get up, go down to this road in the middle of nowhere. Yes, sir, I'm on my way. He goes and, and here's this Ethiopian stopped reading Isaiah. Like that's and, and, and this guy just so happens to be the CFO of the Kush kingdom. And I know it says Ethiopia, but this area is most likely what we would think of as Sudan, is most likely where this eunuch is from. Um, and and but, but don't miss this. He's one of the most important people in the whole Kush kingdom. He, he, he just strolls by Philip. God tells him to go, are you ready? Yes, God, I'm ready to be used by you. Okay, I'm going to bring you to the one of the most important people on the entire continent of Africa. That's pretty amazing because that, where it said the uh, Kendake, Kendake, that title, your, your translation might look like Candace. Um, that's a Latinized version of this. It, it was a title for the queen because the king was too holy to be uh, involved in like normal daily work. And so, in fact, in this area, the queen ran the country. The queen was in charge. And this is her money guy. This is her CFO. This is her chief financial officer. And he's reading the Bible. And, and God tells Philip to go meet him on this road in the desert. That's incredible. And, and so look at this, verse 29. You, the, the, verse 29, the Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. So this brings us to number two. So number one, if you're going to be used by God, you've got to answer the question, am I willing to be used by God? But number two, if you're going to be used by God, you've got to embrace the awkward. Embrace the awkward. You... You can't tell me that it wasn't awkward for Philip to go stand by that chariot. Like, that's what the Spirit told Go, Go to that chariot and then just stand there. You know how weird that would have been? But here's what I've discovered, man. Like, in our everyday life, it can tend a bit towards just the trivial, you know, the mundane, the routine. And sometimes if you're, if you're praying, God, give me opportunity to talk about you. If you're making that your prayer, sometimes God will just tee one up for you. Like God will just set the plate for you to go for it. Like I remember about, 
uh, this time last year, June of last year, Hope and I were on a plane headed to Fort Myers for one of our next level relational network uh, meetups. And, and we were at the very front of the plane. Uh, and, and we were flying Allegiant. And in that place, like the we were in the emergency, the exit row, and the flight attendants were right in front of us, facing us. And uh, over the course of our like hour and a half flight, we struck up a conversation with them. Um, and it turned out that this one flight attendant, she had, uh, she, she just had this really concerned look and seemed really worried. So I just engaged her in conversation and discovered that her friend had recently battled a suicide attempt and she was worried and scared and frightened. And, you know, because we were available, God used us in that moment. We prayed with her right there on the plane. Like we prayed for her friend. We prayed for her. And then catch this. On our way back uh, in, in the airport, I see the flight attendant. And guess who's with her? The friend who had, who had uh, just recently uh, attempted uh, suicide is there with her. And, and I, I'm like... Hey, how are you doing? And I got to talk to him. And, 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 and she told me, she said, man, when that, that prayer, I, I knew, I knew it was a sign that God saw me and God saw my friend and that God cared. Come on, man. Like God can you people, people in your life and my life, they want to talk about deep things. They want to talk about spiritual things. They just don't know how. They're scared to do it. But if we can be available, and, and here's the prayer, okay? Let's, ex, let's, let's uh, lengthen the prayer a little bit, okay? The first part, Lord, would you create opportunities for me to talk about you? Part number two, and then give me the courage to do it. Create an opportunity and then give me the courage to do it. I challenge you to pray that prayer. I challenge you. Lord, would you create opportunities for me to talk about you and then give me the courage to do it? Because, man, I'm telling you, God will, God will use you to change somebody's life. And if you're wondering, like, well, how do I engage the person? Pro tip, lead with a question. It's always best to leave. That's what Philip did. Look, Acts chapter 8, verse 30. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? He asked. He led with a question. He doesn't lead with a sermon. He doesn't, he doesn't you know, run up to the chariot and say, Hey, you think it's hot here. Let me tell you about hot. Hell's going to be hot, brother. You know, it's no way he doesn't do that. Like, no, he, embracing the awkward doesn't mean being needlessly awkward, okay? Embracing the awkward, you don't have to be needlessly weird, okay? You just pray, God, give me opportunities to talk about you and give me the courage to do it. Another prayer that you can pray, Lord, it, this, is, this is a great one. Lord, help me be genuinely interested in the people around me because I know that you are. Help me be genuinely interested because let's just be honest, right? Sarcasm is the language of the day. Everybody's, how can I, how can I make fun of this person to elevate myself in the conversation? 
Like that's how so many of our conversations take place. But when you are genuinely interested in another human being's life, man, it will always lead to the deep things of God that lead to Jesus. I was talking to a guy just the other day. Uh, he, he was a new dad, three-week-old baby boy. And I'm just talking to him, and I just asked him, I was like, man, you're a new dad. You know, that's, that's, a, that's an awesome feeling. But, like, just tell me, what are you discovering about, about God by being a new dad? And, and he just, like, started talking. Well, man, you know, I've really kind of, and, and, and listen, it's not, like, what are you into? Oh, cool, tell me more about that. All right, well, where is God in that for you? Like, it's not hard and it doesn't have to be weird, but sometimes you do have to embrace the awkward because, you know, God will tell you to just run up somebody and stand by their chariot occasionally. And so Philip, what happens is Philip's genuine interest and kindness purchases him the right to be a guide to this, to this Ethiopian eunuch. Let me say that again. Philip's genuine interest and kindness purchases for him the right and the opportunity to be a spiritual guide for this man. And this, this eunuch, this, uh, he, he's, he's hung up. And if you read through the story, you discover like he's reading Isaiah chapter 53 and he's trying to figure out who is this about? And he asks Philip, he says, you know, here's this passage. Who is this about? And look what Philip says, verse 35. He says, then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus, which brings us to point number three. You got to you got to speak it. There's going to come a point that God's going to God's going to tee it up for you that you're going to have to actually swing the club, and you're going to have to hit it, and you're going to have to speak His name into a situation. And I know what you're saying. You know, you're like, well, I'm kind of more of a relational evangelism person. Hey. Great. Like lean into the relationship, but don't neglect the evangelism part. Don't neglect that part. And as you care about people, what will happen is, is needs, deep needs. They'll come to the surface and what that person needs more than anything, what that person needs in the moment is somebody with the courage to declare the name of Jesus Christ into their situation. How do you, how, how can you be used by God. Well, number one, you got to determine, am I willing to be used by God? Number two, you got to embrace the awkward. And number three, when it comes time, you got to speak it. And by the time Philip is done speaking it, what is the, the, the eunuch, he, he's like, stop the chariot. Like, stop the chariot right now. He, he wants to be baptized immediately. Because just like... Just like our world and that world, you know, there, there's so many people spreading messages of hate and fear. What if we stood up as the people of God with a message of love and redemption? And when people see that God, when people meet our God, they'll stop the chariot. When people see the love of our Father, when people see the sacrifice of Jesus, when they see the beauty of the holiness of Jesus Christ, when they experience the presence of the Holy Spirit, they'll stop the chariot for that. They'll stop the chariot and they'll, they'll say, I've got to know that God. I've got to know that God. So here we go. We got Philip, an ordinary guy. 
ordinary guy, truck driver for the bread ministry, assistant to the regional manager of bread distribution for the Jerusalem district, used by God to alter the course of a continent. The eunuch, uh, history tells us that, that the eunuch goes on to become an evangelist, telling people about Jesus. He's the first one, this eunuch is the first one to bring the gospel to the African continent. How amazing is that? And listen, you may not know this, but some of the greatest Christians, some of the greatest Christian leaders and writers and theologians in the first 500 years of the church came from Africa. You got people like Tertullian, Clement, Origen, Athanasius, Augustine, all from Africa. And, 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 and all of them, in, in some form or fashion, tracing their lineage back to this eunuch on this road, met by Philip, changed his life, shaped an entire continent. We get, listen, come on, right here at the end, we have the opportunity to shape our culture. We have the opportunity to launch movements, to spark revivals. Would you be willing Today, right here, before we pray, I want you to answer this question. Go ahead and, 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 and answer the first question. Are you willing, am I willing to be used by God like that? Am I willing to be used by God to see, to see our region changed for Jesus? Let me pray, pray with us this morning. And while we're praying, I want you to answer that question. Like, let's do some business with God today. Lord, this morning, we thank you, God, for the opportunity to, to, to be in this online space, God. And, and we just want to, before we even pray this prayer, God, we just want to pray for our region. We, we see the uptick in cases. We see, God, we know people. Uh, God, the, the, the circle's getting tighter and, uh, and people that we know. And it feels, some of us, it feels like maybe it's getting closer and closer to us. And there might be fear and anxiety about all of that. Number one, God, I just pray this virus out of Hampton Roads in the name of Jesus, uh, we believe, God, that, that, that in a moment, Lord, this thing can be made, made powerless, null and void. For those who are suffering under its, under its weight, God, who are afflicted and infected, God, we pray for healing in their physical bodies. In the name of Jesus, we release healing. We bless them with strength. We bless them with power. And God, we pray for our region, Lord, that that, that curve would, would, would drop, God, that, that it would not only just flatten, God, but that, that increase, it would be no more, God. Lord, give us the mind of Christ in this matter, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we, wanna, we want to pray at the end of this message. We want to be used by you. Come on, answer that question. If, if, you're, if your answer, am I willing to be used by God, is yes, why don't you just tell him right now? Tell him right now, am I willing to be? Yes, God. Yes, I am willing to be used by you. So Lord, come on, pray this with me. Lord, create opportunities for me to talk about you and give me the courage to do it. And Lord, help me to be genuinely interested in the people around me because I know that you are. Lord, I'm willing, I am willing to be used by you. I want to be like Philip, ordinary guy, seeing extraordinary things happen in his life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate hearing how God is moving in your life. We all have a story to tell, and we'd love to hear yours. Please visit verticalchurch.tv 
and click on the little pencil icon called Amen Corner to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to support the ministry of Vertical Church financially, you can do so by clicking the giving link at verticalchurch.tv. Thank you again for taking the time to join us as we point those far from God to life in Jesus.